what's been your best coping therapy? I'm not saying that, you know, I, I don't think that uh, every deployment must be, I'm sure not everything is traumatic. You know, I'm yeah, sure yeah. there's some kind of enjoyment there, but I mean, now in daily life, you're mentioning you're doing jujitsu. Like, is it jujitsu in particular as a martial art, or is it just because it's physical activity that helps you with that? Um, yeah, you know, it, it's, you know, physical activity, you know, it has, you have to have some interest in it to like love the, the sport. And I, I definitely, you know, you know, people talk about it all the time. Can I say jujitsu saved my life? Like, uh, kind of, but it, it, it gave me a purpose, right? So, um, from, you know, I'm a, I'm a gym jumper. I hate to say it, but you know, for going from purebred to steel, um, but, uh, <laughs> sorry. It happens, man. It happens. It, you know, it does happen, but you know, I, I got to meet some amazing people along the way in my journey through life. And the things that I've learned from people, whether it's like, you know, talk on and off the mat, you know, talk on the mat. Cause like, I'm a big narrator when I'm rolling, like, I'm like, I'm going to get you, you know, and they, they just think I'm a joker. But like, I get to test myself, something that, you know, I'm not used to anymore. Like in the military, especially in the Marines, we're always fighting each other, right? So I'm a black belt in, in the Marine Corps martial arts program. And like, we are always testing each other physically, who, who could choke each other out, who could like hurt each other, who could like, you know, get as many bruises from the rocks on the ground. But like, I never, I didn't have that, you know, in, in my life when I got out of the military. And having it through jujitsu really, you know, put me on my toes because I have another guy who's trying to choke or rip my head off and I have to like, you know, put in the guard, you know, I have to, I have to put in the work because like when I first hit the mat as a white belt, I got my butt choked all the time and I was frustrated, but understanding the process, paying attention to the classes, you know, understanding the escapes and everything like that. It's definitely challenged me. And that, I think that's what I needed. I needed a challenge and something to like, you know, put all my physical energy in. But when it comes to like the deployments and the stress and everything, um, I don't really think that it was jujitsu that, that did that. It was like my understanding and interpretation of how I perceived the world. So when I talk about, you know, this to other veterans, I, I, I you know, it, it's a social aspect, but I, I think of it more as a spiritual as, aspect. Um, you know, my understanding of myself, the people that are around me and my view of the world. And, you know, I had such reality when I was in the middle of more of like a neutral stance uh, from all the experience that I've had and the, the, the things that I've seen uh, in the world, good, the bad, the ugly. And, and I want to make the world a beautiful place. So every time I struggle with my mental health, I think of beautiful things, right? And I start with breathing like breath, especially in my field in mental health, breath is probably the best medicine for mental health, like clearing your mind from all of those natural chemicals that you're creating in your body to really push them out through your oxygen and, and, and control yourself. So individuals that suffer from all sorts of mental health conditions, especially as a veteran, it's really based off of choice. Like I could choose to be mad and angry and disappointed and shamed because of what I've done or what I'm about to do or I could just take ownership of who I am and calm down. <laughs> like, you know, I, I never use that with people that I, that I work with, but you have to tell yourself that. That's something you have to negotiate with yourself. Like, can I calm down from all of this anger and put into something productive? And I do, my production is mi my mission. My mission is to help others and make a change in the world where I can. So, you know, in, when, when I think of like the bad times that, that I've been through, I think of those as the bad times that I could be in 
instead of like what I have now. Like, you know, I live on Guam. I live on a, the, I live in paradise. You know, I have my family and my friends that are around me. I have my nieces, my nephews, I have my brothers, my dad, uh, my aunts, my uncles. And that's so much more than what I had in my deep, deepest and darkest times because I didn't have nobody. Right. So when I think of, you know, things like that, that's what I focus on. I think of all the good things that I have and get out of that deep, dark place because there's no reason for me to be there anymore. I'm not there. I'm in a way better place. I'm just bringing myself there. And I have to have that ownership of getting myself and pulling myself out of those, those deep, dark holes. And I try to share that with other veterans that, you know, have those mental health issues, especially with post-traumatic stress um, or, or brain conditions because, you know, there's veterans out there that suffer from traumatic brain injury, just getting knocked in the head too many times. And a lot of the, the symptoms are, are very similar to uh, post-traumatic stress. So it's really reframing the thought process. Another thing I talk about is creating better habits and relationships. Uh, me understanding myself and the experience that I have, uh, especially with PTSD, like have it, do I, do, do I feel it? Every day, every single day. And every single day I have to tell myself to get up wake up, get out of bed, brush my teeth, make my bed and do these things. And I have to literally like, you could sleep in, but what does that do for you? Nothing. I could just be mad, be sad and remember the boys that I've lost, or I could live for them. And those are daily choices that I have to make. And I make these very habitual to how I dress up in the morning. Like I iron my clothes in the morning. Most people don't do this. They get in the dryer with a new technology that's in fabric nowadays. And, you know, hey, it's, it's pressed, you know? No, it's not. Like, you know, but there, 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 there is, there's peace in that kind of mythology. Like even making your bed in the morning. Like when I make my bed in the morning, I know guaranteed when I come home, I have a fresh, clean bed to lay on instead of like, oh, my blankets everywhere. And that's really habits and choices that I have to make. And it's the same thing with mental health. Um, you know, I live with it every single day. I, I live with understanding and knowing that I did, you know, seven combat deployments and I've seen some crazy things. I've seen some horrible things. And uh, it's, it's really, you know, my rationalization of what I have now and how I see the world and creating better habits and relationships nowadays. Dude, so it's a constant fight, a constant daily fight. Are there ever points, and I'm sure there are, right, where sometimes the day doesn't start off the way that it should, you know, maybe you had a long night or a bad night and, and, and then your habitual stuff kind of just don't fall through. And, and then it's like just chaos from the, from, from the get go. And then next thing you know, you're just down this, this downhill spiral. Like, does that ever happen? And if it does, yeah, like, yeah. what are some pivot points or like, you know, like, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of it like from a fighting point of view, you know, like, oh, yeah, you know, like, what is your transitional point that you have to get yourself into so that you can be like, okay, all right, let's, let's get back into the mix and then get back into your groove. Does that ever happen to you? Absolutely. You know, um, and, and we all think of it as stress, right? So when things bad that happens, you get just this enormous amount of stress and it trickles down or it increases depending on like what's happening. Uh, with my mentality that I have, and I, I tell myself this all the time, if something bad happens, it usually happens in threes. You know, it's, it's just a mantra that I have just to expect the worst. And when you expect the worst, like it only gets better from there. Like I'm expecting it to get worse. So I tell a lot of my friends like, hey, I just lost my keys to my car. <laughs> it's going to take me a while to get there or whatever. And I'm stressing out inside, but I'm 
stress or is it a way of telling me to slow down and really think methodically about what I'm doing? Because in my head, I'm like, when it rains, it pours, you know, and I have to expect the worst to happen. But I, if I expect the worst to happen, I could prepare better. So I know that I'm stressing out because I lost my keys and that happens. I actually have a, you know, that new Apple key fob or whatever, like now I know how to find my keys. Uh, and the same goes for my phone if I lose it because my, my brain's like, oh my gosh, I lost this. But, you know, like I said before, creating better habits and relationships, you know, um, I tell everybody, you know, when I'm stressing out, like I'll be completely honest with, with them. And it's very hard to be, make me super duper mad uh, nowadays. But when, when I am feeling, you know, agitated or stressed out, I, I let everybody know. So, you know, uh, that, that, that creating those relationships with people to have them understanding like how I am and what, what to do in case, you know, I get into these deep, dark, you know, darkness places just to be there for me, just put your hand on my shoulder. Just let me know you're there. Breathe, you know, and being honest with them, um, creating better habits, you know, getting that key fob thing that, that helps me out. Um, I put all of my scheduling. So I know when to show up to things on my iPad. Uh, there's definitely technology to help, you know, individuals with that. And if you want to think about PTSD or any of these, these, these things that, you know, hurt people, we could think of it as a disability or we could just not think of it anything at, at, at all. We, we understand that it is hurting us. It's limiting us in some way. And we could overcome that with technology. If my leg hurts, what, what am I going to use to help me walk? A cane. That have brain injuries or, or some sort of mental health, what am I going to use? Well, I could use this app. You know, I could, I could do like a, a yoga nidra to help me with stress or for, to help me with sleep. Like we have that availability and accessibility of technology um, to help us. And that's definitely something I share with veterans and understand what, what's going on with you and how I can help you. Sharing a couple YouTube videos with you for better education and knowledge with what you're going through to like sitting down with you and being there for you as a, you know, another veteran who understands the struggle and what you're going through. You know what I really noticed too, man, and all it, throughout this conversation, what I thought was very impressive and we're talking about terms of coping, dealing with it, all of that. Never once did I hear you say medication, you know, and it's so, you know, it's funny because when you think of treatment for PTSD or even like, even just not even PTSD or anytime you go to the doctor, I remember before the advice that I always, always used to get from the doctor is just drink plenty of water, drink, rest a lot, drink plenty of fluids. Now, it seems like doctors, it's almost at that point when you feel sick, you feel like you're just going to walk out with the medicine. And you feel like that's going to be the answer for everything, you know, but, and, and I, it just got really into it. It was just hearing you see, because you're, when you're talking about PTSD and people that have been to war, you're talking about, it doesn't even have to be physical, but psychological, massive, massive trauma. So when you talk about things like breathing, developing good habits or whatever, I mean, how, how, how high would you prioritize that more so than your, I mean, you know, on your list, because breath, breathing is free, right? As long as we're living, most of us have oxygen. Yeah, for the most part. Yeah. So, you know, in understanding like medication, like it, it is there to help and assist people. It's a treatment. It's not a cure. Right. Um, and, you know, uh, with under, especially as a social worker, um, you know, because that's my field. Um, 
I have to understand a person from their biological, their psychological and their social, you know, aspects of their life to really understand how to treat them or, you know, give them, uh, you know, options that they can take. And in understanding PTSD and the biology of, of what it is, right? So that, you know, that severe trauma, it's really chemicals that are in your body, right? So you, you get triggered. So those are the words that they use. You get triggered by something that all of a sudden, all of these chemicals rush through your brain. And that's when people start to sweat, they get anxiety, they can fall into negative experiences like depression, anger, and, you know, the full spectrum of, of, of anxiety and these bad behaviors. And, uh, it's really understanding how to control that, right? So these individuals that are getting, and I'm not against medication at all. I just don't care to talk about it unless it's something that you're actually, you know, using um, in, in, for particular cases, because some people do need it um, based on their biology. But for the most part, what it, what it really is, it's a, it's a serotonin inhibitor. So it's really, it, it's to control your, your mood hormones, right? So it's, it's that mood hormone that fluctuates to, you know, sad or angry or depressed or happy or whatever. And uh, understanding how to control that oxygen, the breath controls all of that, right? Um, the same thing uh, with, with, with uh, all of these, these other chemicals that are in your body. So breath is, yeah, it's free. You could definitely use it and it's really control and, and, and understanding, um, you know, the behaviors that you're, 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 you're exhibiting and then creating those better habits and, and relationships like I was talking about before. Um, if anybody, if I work with anybody that is taking these antidepressants, antipsychotics or whatever, I usually tell them like, you should also go see a professional, a therapist or someone to talk to you so you could change those behaviors, use those use, use the pills to help you control it, but also understand that you could also control it yourself. And these are specific interventions or, or, or modalities to use to, to live a better life, right? So when people talk about a therapist, like they're really trying to understand what are these, these triggers to control that negative behavior so you can create a better behavior so you can live a better life, right? That's what psychiatrists and psychologists are really helping individuals uh, deal with when it comes to, you know, treatments for them. Um, or, you know, take the easy way out and, and take the me medication. Some people would say that. Um, but some people ha do have severe depression or anxiety where they do need that medication. But, you know, like I said before, like, go see a professional and, and get some real good psychotherapy to, to help you with that. And that could be even with drug addiction, because, you know, some guys come back and they get down with the drugs and they have problems with that as well as a coping mechanism, which, you know, exacerbates the problem and creates even more bad behaviors. And, you know, you see veterans going downhill from there. How do you feel about, um, um, what do you call that? Uh, let's say cannabis treatment for, as an option for medication and also the recently talked about uh, microdosing of psilocybin. psilocybin. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I don't like to advertise this, but uh, I'm a huge medicinal cannabis advocate. Um, I helped uh, the medicinal cannabis uh, um, patients increase only because we did a huge outreach to a bunch of veterans and helped them understand that you don't have to be afraid of using cannabis as a treatment. Uh, understanding this is medicinal cannabis, not just like I want to smoke some because it's fun, like the recreational side. Um, but I, I'm very open-minded to it. Uh, you know, 
I, I talked about breath training and everything like that. And, you know, uh, uh, pharmaceutical medication, but you know, there's also the holistic medication that's out there too. Uh, I'm really big into mushrooms, um, not the, the psychedelic kind, even though there are medicinal properties to it, but for individuals that suffer from brain damage or um, traumatic brain injury, uh, there is definitely lion's mane that kind of helps repair the brain. There's a lot of studies that have been um, out there. Joe Rogan talks about it all the time. Um, and, you know, I, I really challenge a lot of these veterans that are, that are, you know, seeking help to kind of like experiment with it, uh, seek advice for it, um, understand it a little bit more because it's a treatment option that's out there. It may not be completely advertised, but it definitely is out there and it's helping veterans when it comes to cannabis, when it comes to managing your feelings or, or having more positive experiences or to help you with pain, anxiety, or any of these other, uh, you know, negative behaviors, cannabis can help you. Um, but just understanding that it's medication to treat a symptom and it's not something that, you know, to, to abuse, because we can abuse some of these things, just like alcohol. Some people are functional alcoholics, but, you know, do you have to consume that much, right? Um, and it's just, just options for veterans to use. I'm not against any form of treatment when it comes to, to mental health, but it's also the understanding of the, the user um, that's, uh, that's, that's taking it, making sure that they understand what it's, uh, what it's there for. Geez, with everything that you've seen to the temperature that you've risen in your life, you know, how did you bring back, how do you restore that back to such a mellow, uh, like such a mellow vibe? I mean, where, where, where'd you find that possible? You know, living, yeah, it, it definitely hits uh, at a personal note talking about this, but, you know, um, I struggled, like I said before, um, I got out thinking I was going to be with my family. Uh, I had a little boy. I had an old lady from Guam. <laughs> and, uh, you know, when I got out, I didn't understand how to, to deal with my feelings. And I, I demonstrated so many bad behaviors from, from, from drugs to alcohol, abusing my medication, um, and, and just being really isolated. And I wasn't able to communicate with with my partner or my child. And it, it just, it brought me down this, this really dark, dark path that I never want to go back to. And uh, when, when I do all of these things, I think of these dark times, how I never, ever want to go back there. And that I could take myself there if I wanted to. But I also know that it's a choice to go there. And it's a, also a choice to be happy and to see the bright side in the world in such an ugly place at sometimes, right? Like we, believe it or not, like we have so many homeless people, like, you know, that's how we, we all really got to know each other. Yeah. Uh, but you can see the beauty in it, right? Helping those people, you know, we went out there, you know, with nothing other than my backpack, just in case anything happens, but like nothing. And people came with their hearts and open arms to help us in, in, in our time of need. And I wanted to show that to other people, right? And that's why, like, you know, when I, when I talk about that event that, you know, we all did together, it was such a memorable moment because that's the true humanity and, and the people of Guam was really into the acts that we were doing. And can we share that with the world? Absolutely. But it's a mindset, right? Like even if someone has a really bad day, especially in my field, like I deal with people that are, that are either thinking the sky is falling or they want to hurt somebody and being able to, you know, I talk about it, verb, we do verbal judo, right? Like you want to, you want to size me up and everything. Well, I'll just rationalize with you. Like, 
but there's no reason to be pissed off. There's no reason to be mad. We can talk like grown adults and, and come up with a solution to the problem that, that exists right now and, and live a better life. And I, I feel like with, with everything I've been through in life, I, I, I could see the bright side out of things and I could kind of rationalize, not with other people, just other people, but with myself, because I can be a very angry person. You know, I could be that guy who's like, ha, 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 and you know, you want to fight and I'll just do it. And when I fight and I do things, I don't think about my, my, my health and well-being. Like I am there to swing, you know, and I have to be able to control that. And it's taken me so many years to control um, myself and my anger. And I want to share it with other people because it's a different mindset. Like we don't have to be angry all the time. Like life sucked before, but it doesn't have to suck now. And we can make that change inside of ourselves to live that better life. And I try to live that. And I try to lead by example, by showing other people there is another way and you don't have to struggle alone. Episode's over. Please let us know what you think about this episode. And if you haven't, please subscribe to the Fucka and the Force podcast. Sign a mossy.